Please be seated. I don't know how this sounds. I guess I need to make it uh, closer to the mouth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Morning. Sorry, good afternoon. Praise the Lord. You know, before I came up here, I can feel that indeed I can feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. So I don't want us to switch off. Praise the Lord. I believe the Lord has brought us here to bless us today. Amen. Before we continue, just bow your head with me for a second. Let's commit this time of ministration into God's hands. The Bible says Jesus has the ministration of life. The law was the ministration of death. But Jesus came that we might receive the ministration of life and life in abundance. So this afternoon I want you to just ask that the word of God indeed will come expressly unto you this afternoon. That the word of God will come expressly unto you this afternoon. The word that will bring healing. The word that will bring deliverance. The word that will bring restoration. The word that will cause a new thing to be birthed in your life. And it will cope with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, indeed, we commit this afternoon into your hands. We ask indeed that you will minister unto every soul that is before you this day. That when we leave this place, we'll know we have been with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. No, I really prefer the old system. <laughs> Don't mind. Praise the Lord. I'll quickly ask us to look into the book of Leviticus. In Leviticus 26, from verse 2. The Bible says, He shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I'm the Lord. If you walk in my statutes, and keep my commandments and do them. Praise the Lord. There's a big word here that starts, says, if. Leviticus 26, from verse 2, now I'm reading verse 3, says, if ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. 
then you know but some of us who are programmers my brothers today he knows this kind of statement <laughs> the computers work on this principle there is a condition there's a a result. Once that condition is fulfilled, call the if and then statement. We see the same in the scripture. It says, if ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season. And the land I yield her increase. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Amen. And it went on and on and on to give all the blessings. Amen. That is the covenant of the law, which God gave through who? Through Moses. Gave it unto his people. You know, the last time we were speaking here, we were talking about operating in the covenant. We see the principles of the covenant is an agreement between God and man. God makes it very clear that you do this, I will do that. Terms and conditions of the covenant. And in this case, we see that like all covenants with God, there are what? Promises. These promises are wonderful. When you read on to verse 26, you really be excited about the things that God has promised to do in our life. But the condition was also very clear. You walk my statutes and keep my commandments and do what? And do them. Praise the Lord. We see it repeated further down in the same books of the scriptures. In the book of Deuteronomy 28, we see it from verse 1, went on and on and on. It says, It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do how many of his commandments? All. All of his commandments. That the Lord thy God will set thee on what? I. You do them. The same if statement. The Lord thy God will set thee on high. Above. Above. All nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee. And do what? Overtake thee. Praise the Lord. We see the same condition. And it went on and on. In fact. When I first read this scripture, I was thrilled. But then when I got to verse 15, then I began to what? To shudder. Praise the Lord. Verse 16 says, but, that's another computer language, but, <laughs> if it shall come to pass, if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day that all these causes so it's like blessings on one hand, obedience and what? causes 
In fact, the courses appear longer than the blessing. It's very strange. The courses shall be in the city, and course shall thou be in the field. Went on and on and on. We will not dwell on cost. Amen? Because the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the cost of the law. Amen? So we see the law, the covenant of the law through Moses. And it demanded what? Obedience. With what? Blessings. And otherwise, what? Causes with disobedience. Praise the Lord. Now, this is the clear principle of the covenant of Moses. But in Christ, we see another covenant. Amen? The Bible calls it what? The new covenant. Praise the Lord. We can go to John verse 10. Verse 10, the Bible says, Jesus says, I have come that you might have what? Have life. And have it what? In abundance. And in John 14, in verse 15, it says, If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do what? I will do it. If ye love me, you should do what? To keep. My commandment. Say, if ye love me, you should do what? To keep my commandment. And we see in verse 23, John 14, verse 23, says, if a man love me, he will do what? He will do what? He will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. So he that loveth me, and keepeth not my sins, he said, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sins. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the, word, but the Father which, is, which sent me. He says, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall do what? He shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Praise the Lord. In verse 12, John 15, he said, This is my commandment. Praise the Lord. That ye love one another as I have loved you. So we see also Jesus emphasized what? Keeping his word. Amen? He did not excuse the need to obey the commandments of the word of the Lord and to keep them. Amen? He did not excuse it. He said in fact if you say you love me, then you should do what? Then you should keep my commandment. Praise the Lord. So Jesus has not come to offer us an escape from obedience to the word of God. He has not. 
And in fact, if you go back to the issue of causes, in the book of Romans chapter 7, Paul expounded on this subject of the law and the purpose of the law. He says in verse 7, Romans chapter 7, he said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. In verse 12, he said, wherefore, the law is what? The law is holy. And the commandment is what? Is holy. And just and good. Praise the Lord. So the law itself is ordained by God. It's good. The law has a good purpose to it. Amen? But in verse 10, it says, And the commandment which was ordained to what? To life. The commandment of God, which is good for us, it was ordained for life. But Paul says, I found it unto what? I want to be sure you are following me. He said, I found it unto what? Unto what? I want the whole church to answer me. I found it unto what? Unto death. The commandment which was ordained to life, I found it unto death. So it means, why God's purpose originally, right from day one, was to bring man to exercise obedience unto him so that he might enjoy life. Unfortunately, in disobedience through sin became a ministration of what? Of death. Look at verse 8. It says, but sin taking occasion by the commandment, brought in me all manner of what? Concupiscence. For without the law, this thing was dead. But for I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I what? And I what? And I did what? I died. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And when Jesus comes in the new tent, in the new covenant, the Bible says he came and still demanded obedience to the law. Amen? He still demanded that we should walk in the righteousness of the law. Amen? Jesus still demanded that. Praise the Lord. Galatians, in the book of Galatians, chapter 2, further echoing the experience of Paul before he became a, a believer in Romans chapter 7 that we just read, the Bible says in verse In verse 19, 
Wherefore then serve the law? In other words, wherefore, what is the purpose of the law? The Bible says, it was added because of transgression till the seed to come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a what? Of a what? Of a mediator. Amen? It was, the law was put there until Jesus would come as the mediator or the bringer or the enactor of a new covenant. Amen? Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one. For God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there has been a law given which will have given life, verily righteousness will have been by what? By the law. Paul was having this, if you like, the theological discourse with the Galatians on the purpose of the law and how it has turned out and what God has done about it. And what he said clearly is that man was not able by the law to attain unto what? Unto righteousness. There may be many here who are struggling to live righteous. There might be some here who are falling from day to day. Or who are caught up in sin. And the, 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 the impact of that, like we saw in Romans 7, that sin, taking an occasion of him, is what? Is death. Spiritual death. Or a sense of failure, even as a Christian. And you begin to wonder, say, where is, the, where is, where is righteousness in my life? Where is the purpose of God in my life? How can I claim to believe in as a child of God in sin. Praise the Lord. Might be some here who are struggling. And in verse 22, 21, he says, Is the law then against the promise of God? He said, God forbid. Verse 22. But the scripture had condemned, concluded all under sin, that they promised by what? By faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them Amen. The question is, both the old covenant and the new covenant, both of them demanded righteousness. Both of them demanded obedience to the word of God. Amen. Both of them and gave promises that if you walk in the obedience, if you love God, you love Jesus and you obey him, then you will be blessed. That is very clear. The blessings of obedience are very clear in the scriptures. But the Bible tells us that all have been concluded on that sin. None was able to attain unto righteousness by the work of the law. In verse 23, it says, But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up unto what? Unto the faith which will afterwards be what? Be revealed. 
Wherefore, the law was our what? Schoolmaster. To bring us unto who? Unto Christ. That we might be justified by faith. Amen? Because, for we are all children of God by what? By faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? If you go back to verse, to chapter chapter 2 of the same Galatians. In verse 16. It says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Amen? A man is not justified by the works of the law. But by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ. That we might be justified by the faith of Christ. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law. Can no man be justified. Amen. So if you are here. And you are struggling. To obey the law. The Bible says, to attain unto justification, you have to obey all the law. So if you fail in one, you fail in all. Praise the Lord. And for that reason, the covenant of the law by Moses was not able to bring man unto justification. Neither unto righteousness. It says, what says in verse 17, but if if we seek to be justified by Christ and we ourselves are found sinners, is, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? Does it mean that if we say we are believers, because by, by faith we, 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 we are believers, amen? And if we say we are believers in Christ, and then we'll be found to be sinners, is Christ therefore the minister of sin? Say, God forbid. He say, God forbid. Amen? He say, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Praise the Lord. So, we come to the conclusion once again. That the covenant of the law by Moses demanded obedience and blessings. And the covenant of grace by Christ demanded the same. That's what this scripture is telling us. We cannot say because we have faith in Christ, we are, you know, justified. And then we can continue in disobedience. Say no. Otherwise, are we saying Christ the minister of sin? Say, God forbid. Praise the Lord. So, which means both covenants of the law and the new one, they both have the same purpose to bring us unto righteousness in God. But we know that the first covenant was not able to do it. Amen. Romans 8 7. Let's go to Romans, I mean, to Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 8, 
Praise the Lord. Verse 5. Oh, now let's, let's go to 6. He said, but now had he obtained, that is Jesus, he was in a sense comparing the ministry of life in Christ to the old ministration of the Levitical priesthood. He said, but now had he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is the mediator of a what? Of a better covenant. Which was established upon what? Better promises. You know, we saw the promises of the first covenant. A lot of blessings, a lot of things. But the writer of Hebrews says, Jesus, being the mediator of this new covenant, a more excellent ministry, based on a on better promises, he says, for finding, for if that first covenant had been what? Faultless. If that first covenant had been perfect, there would not have been any need for a second one, right? If the first covenant was able to achieve the purpose of God, there would not have been a need for Jesus to order a new covenant, a second one. Praise the Lord. He said, Behold, for finding fault with them, behold, the days come, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the hand of Egypt, because they continue not in my covenant, and I regarded them not. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their heart. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Amen? So we see that the purpose, where the first covenant failed, in the sense that the law was written on tables, and Moses went before God and brought the law. The Bible says, in the new covenant, the law is written where? In our heart. Praise the Lord. And therefore, when our brother was leading us in prayer this, in, in the songs, one of the first, in fact, the first song, I mean, the first song we sang, Said there is therefore now no what? No condemnation. Because there is a new law. Amen? There is now a different law. That law is not on tables. It's not a law that you read and say, oh, how can I do this? It's a law that is actually coming from inside of you. Amen? Now, brother was Really, really, really touching on the base, on the core of this. 
when he talked about Jesus abiding in what? In you. And you doing what? Abiding in him. Because he is the law. He fulfills the law. And It is in him, because he is not the minister of sin, it is only in him that we can have victory over sin. Praise the Lord. That is the ministry. That is more excellent. That is the ministry that is perfect. Only in Christ. But how do we attain unto that perfection? How do we attain unto that perfection? It goes back to the beginning. In the book of Romans chapter 5, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The first step in our justification, in our life, is when we express our faith in Christ and we have made peace with God. The peace of God that dwells in us. The presence of God that dwells in your heart. When your heart is totally given unto God and you have settled the issue of sin with Him and He has come to dwell in your heart and not just the first day but every day of your life. Just like our brother was leading us to pray this day. We make a daily submission unto the grace of God, unto the power of Christ, because the, the blood it was not shed in vain. The grace of God is released into our life. John 1.17 says, Moses offered us the law, but Jesus offered us what? Grace. Praise the Lord. And it goes on in verse 2. It says, by this faith, by this faith, we have what? It says, by whom also we have access by faith unto what? Unto what? Unto grace. So the first step in righteous living is submission to the grace of God. And say, God, I'm not able to do it, but I know with you in me. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than the devil that is in the world. On any issue. On any issue at all. And when in Christ, the Bible says we are seated with him. Where? In the heavenly places. Above principalities and power. Praise the Lord. And that is the faith that delivers and it's a matter of our heart. But honestly, that is not enough. 
It goes a bit further than that. Let's go on. It says, and not only so. We glory in tribulation also. When trials and difficult times come, it's all part of our experience. We glory in it because we know. You see, when you are seated in the heavenly places, the issues of this earth, they fall where they belong. Amen? They will come to pass. Amen? That is not our life. Praise the Lord. He said, we glory in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. He said, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. Amen? He says, because we love God. Because we love God. Every other thing take their positions. Amen? And we know that we have a hope to see Him. We can endure tribulations. We can, we can, we can patiently wait for the hope that is set before us. Amen? Because we love Him. We're not able to give up anything for that love. We, or rather, we can give up anything for that love, even our very lives, because we love Him. Praise the Lord. And it says, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. That was why in John, that we read earlier, when Jesus was talking about love for Him, he went on to talk about the Holy Ghost. He says, If ye love me, John fourteen fifteen, keep my command. In other words, as an indication, as a true manifestation of your love for me, you will keep my commandments. Amen? And I will pray the Father and he shall give you what? Another comforter, the Holy Ghost. That he may do what? Abide. Just like our brother was praying. Just how we pray this day. He will do what? He will abide in you. How long? Forever. Praise the Lord. He said, even the spirit of truth. It is by the Spirit of God. The grace ministers justification. It also ministers sanctification. It ministers the power of God. It ministers the teaching of God. It ministers the mind of God. It ministers the purpose of God in our lives. But we have to, it is based on a heart that loves God. Amen. On a heart that loves God. A heart that is totally given to God. That is the purpose of God. And that is the love that motivates obedience. Amen? The love that motivates obedience is the ability that God has given to us by this grace that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? So that we can truly, with a clear conscience, walk with God on a daily basis. 
and move on from grace to grace and from victory to victory. Amen? It is the ministry that is more excellent. And even at this time, the whole world is preparing and talking about, you know, the death of Jesus Christ. I don't have a time to tell me how far we're doing. Yeah, okay, there's one there. The world is talking about, you know, his death. The, qu- the question is, why did he really die? Bible says, for this reason, the Son of God was made manifest. First John chapter 3, I believe, verse 8, that the Son of God was manifest that he might do what? Destroy the works of the enemy. Amen? That we might have victory over the enemy in every, in every areas of our lives. Amen? This is the way that God has ordained, on, ordained it. That our heart will be motivated to obey him because we love him. And the Bible says that love, again, is not struggle. It is the Spirit of God that gives it unto you. Amen? He said the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts. By who? By the Holy Ghost, whom he has given unto us. The other day, our brother, our pastor, led us through, you know, administration of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. That is one of the most important experiences of your life as a believer. When the Spirit of God begins to demonstrate in your heart a love for God. Amen? That is the way to receive the fullness of God. In the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Paul was praying for the Ephesian church. You know, the Ephesian church was a church that actually loved God. The Ephesian church was a church that loved God. And Paul was even praying more for that. He said in verse 17, that Christ may dwell where? In your heart. That Christ may dwell in your heart. That you will abide in him and he abide in you. By faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in what? Love. Love for God, first and foremost. And love for those that love God. Amen? Praise the Lord. It says in verse 19, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be what? Might be filled. With all the fullness of God. Amen. That is the secret of a successful, victorious Christian life. Amen. That that Christ may dwell in our heart. That we be rooted and grounded in love for him. Love for God in all that we do. That we might be able to have the fullness that God has ordained for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we see a new law in operation in the covenant. That's what Romans 8 was talking about. He said, therefore there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Who walk not after what? After the flesh, but after the spirit. He said, for the law of the spirit in Christ Jesus had done what? Has set me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. 
That is the new covenant, the law of the Spirit of Christ. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. We know the rest. So we see that with this grace that is released in Christ, the New Testament obedience is not a matter of duty anymore. It is not religion. Let me tell you the truth. Every other religion is trying to obey God and attain unto God and please God one way or the other. By what? By their sheer effort. But we know it's not possible. So in Romans 7, it is not possible. It is only by faith in Christ and the release of power by the Holy Ghost to cause us to love God as we surrender unto Him and grow in that grace day by day that we can attain unto the righteousness that pleases God. Amen? Praise the Lord. And I tell you, the blessings and promises of that life, they are even more, um, they are even more, they are better, much, much, much better than the blessings of the old covenant. And you will notice there is no cost. There is no cost mentioned. Amen. Have you wondered that Jesus never talked about costes? Praise the Lord. Because in him, he has delivered us. He has delivered us from the cost of the law. But there are challenges. There are tribulations. There are issues that will come. That we can overcome them. In all these things, the Bible says we are more than conquerors because he loves us. Amen. Those challenges are actually meant for us to demonstrate the power and grace of our God. Amen. When you have headache and you just say, I, I command you headache to cease in Jesus' name. You are demonstrating the mighty power of God. Amen. If you don't have it, you may not have the opportunity to actually experience healing. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is not to pull you down. It is actually to grow your experience. That's what the Bible says. It says we, we endure tribulation. And with it we have what? Patience. Amen? And we can grow in our experience with God. Praise the Lord. And I tell you, there are tremendous blessings and opportunities in the law. In, 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 the, in, in the love that, that motivates our obedience to God. There is tremendous blessings in pleasing God. When we walk with Him, and we allow His Spirit to, 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 to move us, to walk with us, to lead us every moment of our lives, and we experience the, the, the victory that is in Him, it brings His glory to manifest in our lives. And men will see it and give glory to Him. Men will see it and be drawn unto Him. And that is what we're going to do today. Amen? In Bible, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God that works in me. Amen? Praise the Lord. We know that there is tremendous blessing. Let's look at the book of 1 John 3 quickly. The book of 1 John tells us that every work of obedience in a love-motivated life is what? Is from the heart. And it says, if our heart Condemn us. God is greater and knoweth all things. He said 21, If our heart condemn us not, 
Then we do what? We have confidence. Praise the Lord. And the condemnation that the Spirit of God in your heart tells you is not condemnation to sin. It's actually what? A heart of contrition. To bring you unto what? Unto repentance. To bring you back onto the path of righteousness. Amen? When we walk daily with Him and we, are, we allow His Spirit to speak to us in our spirit and we are walking in obedience, we receive of His goodness. Amen? We receive of all things. He says, Behold, and whatsoever we ask, Verse 21, 22. And whatsoever we ask, we do what? We receive of him. Praise the Lord. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because we do what? We keep his commandment. But we are keeping his commandment by the ability that he himself has put in us. Amen? A love-motivated obedience. Amen? And we do those things that are what? That are pleasing in his sight. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews 3, in Hebrews 3, chapter 7, it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, there is a today every day, amen? We know there is a today every day. So the Holy Ghost speaks to your heart, what? Every day. And he says, if you hear his voice today, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, as your fathers did. Amen? Praise the Lord. And the Bible tells us in the book of James chapter 1, so if you are hearing his voice today, the Lord is speaking to your heart in one area or the other. The love motivated obedience. If you love him, do what he says. Amen? If the Lord is speaking to your heart, if you love him, because the Holy Ghost is in your heart, is speaking to your heart. Amen? You respond to him in love. Amen? He says, the law, the book of the law, ceases to be a book of condemnation. It is no longer a ministration of death, but of what? Of life. He says, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the law becomes, when Christ is in us, the law is in our heart. The law is no longer a law of condemnation, but the perfect law of what? Of deliverance. Of liberty. To set you free. Praise the Lord. That's what the Bible says. He sends his forth and the word heals. He sends forth his word. The word heals. As you receive his word, day by day, on your personal walk with him, and you, you respond out of love in obedience, you will be blessed. Amen? You will receive of the abundance of his house. Amen? He says, He be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, that this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, we say in our, our promises of God this year, this is the year of abundance. Amen? This is the year of God's increase in our lives. Praise the Lord. This is the year of abundance. He says, God is able to make all grace. To do what? To abound. That you may have all what? Sufficiency in all things. And you will, you will do what? You are bound unto what? Unto good work. Amen? Unto love. Unto obedience. Love for one another. Love for the things of God. Love for the purpose of God. That is emanating from a heart that loves God. This afternoon before we go, I will invite us to rise up before God this afternoon.
just want you to stand up on your feet. And I will invite the choir to come and just minister for a few minutes slowly. And anyone who wants to renew your, his commitment unto God this afternoon, if you want to come unto God and you want to say, Lord, here am I. Refresh me, O God, by your spirit. Refresh me, O God, by your power. Cause, O God, by your spirit, O God, to cause me to love you. Increase my desire for you, O God. Just like the psalmist says that I want to draw near unto you. I want to draw near unto you, O God. I want to, to, to experience you, a deeper affection in my life for you. A deeper commitment unto you, O God. God, now is the time to worship. I want to invite you to come here to the front. And if you have not known him, if you have not known him, and you want to be part, you want to invite him into your heart this day. Or you want to ask him to refresh you in a new way. You want the ministers of God to pray with you. I want to invite you to the phone before we close. Oh yes, God. Now is the Raising your hands is not enough. I want you to come to the front here. I want to invite you to come to the front and let's pray together. Oh, yeah. 
Father, you know all hearts. You can see through all hearts. The Bible says you know all things. Thank you, Lord, for your children this day, even as many as are lifting up their hands or lifting up their hearts unto you this day. I ask, O oh God, let your spirit touch their hearts afresh, O oh God. Let your spirit minister life afresh into their hearts, O oh God. And rekindle a fire, O oh God. A fire that burns, O oh God, in their heart. A fire of commitment, O oh God, of dedication, of sanctification, of consecration unto you, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. That we will love you, O oh God, every day of our lives and live our lives for you, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Just continue to appreciate what God has done. Even now God has just reminded us that as a child of God, if you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you come into the new covenant. There is no if and then, but it is when you are in the new covenant. His laws are written in your heart. He speaks to you. He directs you. He guides you. There are no curses. You are redeemed. So can we just thank the Lord that you have moved out of a state of being a cursed person to a person who is redeemed. Today God has reminded us that in Christ is our life. We are not under the law. We are not following something that's written on tablets of stone. But God has put his word in our heart. Shall we just tell God, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen to written your word in my heart. And as I live day after day, you speak to me, you talk to me, you guide me. You prompt me. And you have assured me of life everlasting. And to those of you who yet have not accepted the Lord. The Old Testament law still applies. Which is if you obey, there are blessings. But if you do not, there are curses. It's time you thought about. It's time you said, no, I do not want to be under the Old Testament law. Father God, we just want to thank and praise you, Lord Father, because you have assured us, Lord Father, that we who are you, Lord Father, whom you have called, whom you have touched, Lord Father. Father God, you are dealing with us in love, Lord Father. It is your love which is upon us, Lord Father. It is your word which you have put in our hearts, Lord Father. And Father God, we are thankful, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord Father, for your servant whom you have used this day, for bringing us this word of reassurance, Lord Father. And Father God, we pray, Lord, that you will continue to speak to your minister, Lord Father. Anoint him, Lord Father, so that he will bring us more of your word, Lord Father. A deeper understanding of your truth, Lord Father. Father God, we pray, Lord, that you will bless him and his family, Lord. We thank you, we praise you. We commit every one of us into your hands, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will be with us even as we step out. And we pray, Lord, that you will guide God and lead us, Lord Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen.
surely goodness us and follow us all the days of our life we shall dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever amen